Welcome to the Holistically Healthy Podcast, where I, Sedona Treganing, nutritional therapy practitioner and NASM certified trainer, bust health myths and teach you how to become the healthiest, most confident version of you. Hey, welcome back to the Whole Nothing Back podcast. So I wanted to make this episode because I had saw a post online of a coach that was talking about food freedom. He was saying you can have any food in moderation and there's no real bad food. And so this is something that I totally used to believe and that actually helped me a little bit with more of like eating disorder type of thinking, but actually it was part of the reason why I started becoming really unhealthy and part of the reason why my gut was in a really bad place because I didn't understand that there was a correlation between the foods I was eating and the state of my gut health and how I was having a lot of constipation. I was having inflammation. I wasn't having a period and I just felt overall puffy and really tired throughout the day. And so this is where I feel it's my duty as someone who's going to be a nutritional therapy practitioner pretty soon just to educate you on how food actually does impact your health and how you can have certain conditions and you know you can be more apt to having issues with certain foods and you can actually pretty much heal your body just from changing your nutrition. So this is going to be one of those things where I'm not telling you all this information to scare you into eating quote unquote clean, but it's really just to give you information so that you can make a choice of like, okay, I know this cheeseburger isn't the best for me, but this is like a hell yeah moment where I want to eat it anyway, so I'm going to eat it rather than like, oh, I have no idea if this cheeseburger is bad or not for me, so I'm just going to eat it and I don't understand why I'm super bloated after, but I shouldn't have a correlation between food and bloating, so I guess it's fine, you know? So that's what we want to avoid here, basically. So I thought a really good way to break this down is to kind of go over some conditions and how you can actually use food as therapy to actually help you with these conditions. The first thing that I wanted to touch on, and I think that this is one of the most important things, is going to be an autoimmune condition. So these are going to be things like Hashimoto, psoriasis, irritable bowel syndrome, or irritable bowel disease. And so these conditions can actually be put into remission sometimes with just changing your diet alone. I actually had a client who had Hashimoto's. She had thyroid antibodies and we were able to reverse the Hashimoto's just from some dietary changes. Something that's going to be really important with autoimmune conditions is going to be to take out gluten. Autoimmunity stems from leaky gut or intestinal permeability because this is where you're having proteins that are entering the bloodstream. And so your body is creating an immune response to those proteins. And that's where you get that autoimmunity. Your body is basically attacking itself. And so one important thing that you really want to avoid is going to be gluten because gluten is going to cause even more of the gaps and the tight junctions in your gut. It's going to worsen that intestinal permeability, especially when we have gluten that's not organic, that's heavily sprayed with glyphosate. Well, glyphosate is a chemical or a herbicide that affects also the tight junctions between the cells in the intestine, and that will also lead to leaky gut. So that's where you can try and have organic gluten, but honestly, I would just recommend taking it out. And I would just stick to food items that are more like cassava flour-based, almond flour-based, just plain old like gluten-free flour-based. And you should see some drastic changes. And if you're having any rheumatoid arthritis, you're going to notice less aching. You might notice that thyroid antibodies are reduced. You might notice a change in your psoriasis, and you'll definitely notice a change in just irritable bowels. So that's the first thing that I would say. Also, if you really wanted to get more into how to heal through just nutrition with autoimmune conditions, I would highly recommend looking up the autoimmune paleo diet because that could be a really good place to start as well. And it'll give you even more guidance, like a grocery list as to, okay, what should I be eating? What I should probably avoid. 
So that's it for autoimmune conditions. And then I also wanted to talk about allergies. So a lot of this will stem from like GI health. And the first thing that you should do is, first of all, you shouldn't be eating shit and you should manage stress and do all the things that you need to do for like better gut health. But if you're already in the state where you're having leaky gut or intestinal permeability, like I said, one of the things is going to be autoimmunity, but also you can suffer from a histamine intolerance. People with allergies typically have a histamine intolerance because basically they're having something with their gut, like they're having like intestinal permeability or inflammation where they lack the enzyme DAO to break down histamine. And therefore the histamine is not being degraded and not being absorbed properly within the GI tract. Obviously, you want to heal your gut, but in the meantime, it can be really helpful to lower high histamine foods. And so these foods are going to be alcohol, coffee, cheese, and you can include things that are antihistamine or have antihistamine properties like onion, garlic, turmeric, pineapple. So that's how you can change your nutrition. And then you should definitely notice changes in seasonal allergies, rashes, migraines, or other things that can be accompanied with a histamine intolerance. Now, Something else, too, is not to say that, you know, histamine isn't bad for you. You do need histamine, but it's just when our gut is compromised and we don't have that enzyme, that's when we have a hard time breaking it down. So that could be where it could be really beneficial to follow a low histamine diet, at least for the meantime, to manage symptoms. Other things, too, I mean, if you really just want to manage symptoms and you're really prone to having allergies, you can just get like supplement with the DAO enzyme. You can look it up on Amazon or you can do something like bromelain and quercetin that can help heal your gut as well as break down the histamine. So that's just something else that you can keep in mind. But pineapple actually has the bromelain in there. So that is why it's actually antihistamine. Another condition that I actually mentioned a little bit before because it is part of an autoimmune condition is going to be irritable bowel disease. This can be Crohn's or ulcerative colitis. So this is where you might find you have like blood in the stool or severe cramping, or this is where your doctor does a colonoscopy on you and they see that you have these ulcerations or that you have chronic inflammation in your colon. So you want to remove gluten because that is going to contribute to the autoimmunity, but also some really important diet considerations that you're not going to get from just a normal IG fitness health coach is going to be, first of all, you want to make sure that you're not having high fiber in a flare-up because that can definitely make the flare-up worse. But when you're not in an IBD flare-up, you may want to actually build your tolerance to fiber and by having more fiber because you want to eventually improve the gut microbiome. You want to have that fiber as basically prebiotics so that you can feed the bacteria in your gut and eventually create a more diverse gut microbiome with more healthy bacteria that'll help relieve some of this inflammation because there is bacteria strains that will directly lower colon inflammation. And then also, even when you're not in a flare-up or when you are in a flare-up, you want to typically avoid a lot of nuts and seeds, especially with ulcerative colitis. And then you want to avoid spicy foods, gluten, and dairy can also be really helpful. So that is helpful for IBD. There's also some other considerations, but that's kind of the gist of it. Another thing that I wanted to talk about is going to be insulin resistance. So insulin resistance can show up as fatigue after eating. People that get that crash around 2, 3 p.m., they're going to get shakiness in between meals. They could have PCOS or irregular periods. They're going to have irregular hair growth. So maybe for women, they have hair growth like around their chin, but not really necessarily on their head, or they have lack of hair growth on their eyebrows, or that could also be like puffiness, a lot of like water retention. 
with these types of people, I mean, first of all, refined sugar is not good for anyone, but for these types of people that have insulin resistance or they have a family history of type 2 diabetes or they just experience these symptoms, it's going to be really important to minimize refined sugar. Again, there are so many products with refined sugar in there. By refined sugar, I mean just not natural sources of sugar. And so it's really hard to avoid completely. So it's not the end of the world if you do have some products with refined sugar in it, but you want to minimize it as much as possible, specifically high fructose corn syrup. First of all, the reason why you want to limit high fructose corn syrup is because it's going to have more of an effect on your blood sugar than any other type of refined sugar. But refined sugar in general is something you want to avoid because insulin resistance occurs when the cells in your body, your muscles, your body fat, and your liver, they start resisting or ignoring the signal that the hormone insulin is trying to send out. And so that's where you can even develop type 2 diabetes. And so one really easy way to not have these things is going to be obviously to lower stress, obviously to cut out the sugar, but try and have more fiber with your food. Try and use honey as a sweetener if you are going to use a sweetener. Try and do things like build up your gut microbiome to make sure that you're not having any autoimmune conditions where your body's already chronically inflamed and already in that stressed out state where it's pumping out the blood sugar and you become insulin resistant. So that's where, again, just something to really keep in mind. Other honorable mentions that I won't totally dive into is going to be people with ADHD. They should definitely avoid artificial food coloring, sugar, because those things will actually exacerbate symptoms of ADHD. Other things is people with acne-prone skin. You're going to want to avoid chocolate and dairy because lots of studies show the relationship between chocolate consumption and dairy consumption due to the IGF-1 or the insulin growth factor 1. So those are just some other considerations. So Hopefully that made a lot of sense to you, but this is just a quick peek into why you shouldn't adopt the mindset that all foods are okay because they do have some consequences, right? So you just want to be aware of these things so that you're not creating these illnesses for yourself where you feel like you have to go on medication when in reality, you can fix a lot of these ailments through nutrition alone. I don't want you to be scared of these foods, but I just want to inform you. And also, if you're overwhelmed by all of the information that I just went over, A really easy goal for you is just to eat whole foods as often as possible and avoid highly processed foods. Packaged foods are going to be the ones that have a lot of the high fructose corn syrup. They're going to have a lot of like additives in there, a lot of food dyes. And so those are things that you really want to stay away from. But with whole foods, I mean, you really can't go wrong. There's going to be a lot of fiber, a lot of nutrients in those foods, and it's going to be really hard to overeat those foods. And it's going to be hard for them to actually disrupt your gut microbiome, right? They're actually going to be more helpful in just building a really good gut microbiome with a lot of diverse bacteria. So that's going to be my rule of thumb. Also, if you're interested in learning more about how to eat more of a healthy diet, check the last episode I did about diet myths and busting those because I think that that would also be really helpful to give you some more insight on how to eat. But really, just try and eat as much whole food as you can and just be aware of how these foods will affect you. So I think that's it for this podcast. Hopefully it gave you some good insight. And yeah, I will see you guys on the next one. Thanks again for listening to the Holistically Healthy Podcast. If you enjoyed, make sure to leave a review as I will be picking one of you to win a free consultation with me every quarter. If you want more information or immediate help, head to www.wholenothingback.net and apply for coaching.